I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting, Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called Maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis. He's the win, and nobody beats him. This is the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 81, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully, they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars, the Irresistible Force, the Immovable Object, the Rested, the Relaxed, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. Well, I don't know how rested I am. You don't have children, Mike, I do, but uh, that whole fall back thing is kind of a curse when you have uh, little ones. Oh, really? Up at four in the morning? Uh, I think it's about like four thirty, five o'clock, somewhere in there, yeah. That is glorious. <laughs> that is free birth control. this is midday for you we're doing this like just before noon time but this is literally like the middle of your day you'll be in bed by eight right (laughs) yeah try to be at least all right well we gotta get right into this brian hot off the wire this morning we're recording on sunday morning obviously chris jericho versus kenny omega in the tokyo dome for wrestle kingdom 12 that is january 4th 2018 this all started with a bunch of tweets between jericho and kenny omega going back and forth seemed pretty innocuous pretty um just a little funny games but uh it turned into wrestle kingdom i thought maybe it was for the chris jericho cruise but um, it's it's wrestle kingdom it's the biggest show of the year for new japan pro wrestling uh what do you think about this, Kingpin? Shocking. Um, yeah, absolutely shocking when I saw that. I, I When I first saw the graphic, I, I, and I saw that Jericho posted it, but I was like, whoa, wait a minute here. And I immediately started doing like a quick search of the internet, because you never know. There's always fan-made stuff, and occasionally wrestlers share it. I think AJ Styles shared a Royal Rumble fan-made match graphic for him and Shawn Michaels. So Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm shocked. I... I figured the Omega Jericho thing online was for a purpose, um, but I, I never figured it was for, or at least that they were having fun with each other. You know, I never figured it would be Chris Jericho wrestling for New Japan Pro Wrestling and and at, at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, I mean, how do you view? It? I kind of view this. Is this a shot across the bow of WWE, or or is WWE think okay with this? I can't think they're okay with this. I was going to ask you, what do you thought the damage that is uh, being done to the relationship between Jericho and WWE. Uh, I mean... Does he care at this point, though? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, yeah, he might be just totally immune to this kind of stuff just because he does what he does all the time. But, I mean, first the thing was the uh, the boat cruise that Chris Jericho is doing that has uh, ROH matches on it. So that was a little weird that Jericho is kind of pairing with Ring of Honor for for this cruise. But then just to hear this news about him 
basically going to New Japan. Uh, of course, he didn't have a WWE deal in place. Uh, he, I think his last deal expired around WrestleMania. So he did one shot. He wrestled Kevin Owens on TV in July, I believe. But that was it for WWE for him for this year. But this, I, I can't imagine, especially with all the stuff with Bullet Club and the cease and desist orders that have gone uh, to the Young Bucks. I can't imagine that... WWE would be okay with this and take this lightly. No, no, I think the latter is. I think it's a shot right across the bow. It's the one of the most exciting things to happen in in pro wrestling, as far as like somebody leaving and showing up unexpectedly somewhere else since the Monday Night Wars died out. Um, and Chris Jericho might have been the last one to have that big moment <laughs> when he turned know, to right? WWF. He has not had a match anywhere outside of a WWE ring since 1999 with WCW. So that's kind of crazy to think about. You got to figure it's a boatload of money that they're probably throwing at, at Chris Jericho. I would, I would imagine. I would think so. Yeah. Um, especially where you know, I mean, geez, crazy here. But the funny thing is, is Chris Jericho's kind of always, I think, come and gone as he pleased everywhere, and uh, you know, he'll wrestle on Wrestle Kingdom, you know, in January, and then he'll probably be on WrestleMania in April. So. I, I don't know. I think, I mean, time heals all wounds. I think he'd be welcome back at some point, especially for like a Hall of Fame induction. But this, I don't know. Uh, I think WWE is keenly aware of the fact that New Japan is encroaching on their territory, coming and doing more shows on U.S. soil. And of course, they're obviously the biggest promotion outside of WWE. But this, I think it's going to take some time to repair the uh, damage done here by Chris Jericho going and participating in the biggest show on the New Japan calendar. Yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen, too. Um, you know, is, is it a one-off or, you know, is it going to be a series of matches or appearances? What sort of agreement it is? Like, that's that's pretty – that'll be pretty interesting to see how that actually shakes out. But, yeah, I, I again, saw that this morning and obviously it happened in the – uh, wee hours of the of the morning. <laughs> you probably the first one to see it, so. right? <laughs> You're up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I could have. I guess I could have probably watched it, huh? So, what do you think this does? I know uh, over the years they brought in Jim Ross to uh, do one of the Wrestle Kingdom shows. They're looking for something to kind of uh, help out with the American interest in this New Japan show. What do you think this does for the interest in Wrestle Kingdom in 2018? Well, I think it takes it from just the hardcore wrestling fan maybe paying attention to now maybe some casual fans paying attention to what this is. Uh, Chris Jericho is one of the biggest names in WWE history, certainly of the past 20 years. And I think now you're going to start to see maybe, again, some of these casual WWE fans who maybe don't pay attention to too much outside of the realm of WWE. And, you know, maybe now they're going to... uh jump all in on this yeah it's gonna be very interesting and like you said little is known about the deal in place if it's a one-off for jericho or not i guess we'll probably find out a little bit more about that going forward but for now it's just big news it's a big thing in, in wrestling i don't think it can be understated how big this is for new japan and what they're trying to do with their expansion hopefully we can get maybe uh someone in the new japan uh office maybe on this podcast before long and talk about this among other things <laughs> i've asked the question's been asked uh remains to be seen if we can make that happen <laughs> yeah we'll see what we can do well uh i guess we'll talk about today's podcast on the wrestling podcast about nothing on the new age insiders wrestling network it is a hoss fight
Yes, we're going to get into being a big man in wrestling then and now, the trials and tribulations, the things you've dealt with, Kingpin, in your career. That is coming up, plus your promo about nothing and a whole lot more. But first, the other big news out of wrestling over the past week, I would say, was the release of three, uh, well, four if you count NXT, four wrestlers released from their contract. Sawyer Fulton, who is formerly of Sanity with NXT, Summer Rae, Darren Young and Emma all released last week from their WWE contracts. Uh, Fulton kind of got a raw deal because he was hurt right in the beginning of Sanity's run and was replaced with uh, Killian Dane. And I guess they never really found another place for him. So they released him. Uh, he was the last one released. But Summer Rae also did well in the BFFs and NXT. And she did well with Fandango. But besides like that ill-fated run she had with Rusev, she never really found her place again. Uh, And everyone's talking about Emma. She, to a lot of people online, is the one that was the missed opportunity. Uh, Of course, great wrestler. Nice to look at, obviously. Uh, (laughs) She's a, a, a good package. That Emelina thing was a little awkward. I'm not quite sure what happened there. We speculated at the time that maybe she just uh, wasn't the right fit for that gimmick and they didn't really realize it till that day. But Emma was working with Asuka uh, and and having decent matches, but then suddenly she was gone. What do you think about all these releases? I mean, starting with Emma, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's that... um no, it's that time of year, right? Well, I guess it's just after WrestleMania, but I mean, three people, two of the three, uh, well, I mean, Sawyer Fulton, uh, I guess, is a completely different thing because he's on an NXT deal, but two of the three main roster people were ones that not really being used. I mean, uh, Darren Young had been back for a while and not really seen on TV, and that Bob Backlund thing was a little bizarre, um, yeah. I, you know. I would say, and um, you know, it, it's tough seeing people lose their jobs. Um, you know, you don't want to see anybody lose their jobs, and uh, I mean, certainly, I mean, we have obviously have a personal connection to one of them, and you know, it, it's just, it's just really, it's really too bad. You know, hopefully, Fred does well. Uh, Fred, of course, we we know him as Fred Bonecrusher Samson. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, at least while I'm out there uh, seeing. On the Indies, hopefully to run into Fred Bonecrusher Samson at at one point. That would be uh, tremendous. Yeah. And I mean, Emma, like I said, has gotten all of the attention online. But yeah, when you're talking about Fred, Darren Young, this is a guy that probably logged more appearances as an extra on WWE TV than anyone in like the the period like probably 2005 to whenever he got signed he was all over the place if you go back and look at monday night raw episodes on the wwe network you will find fred all over the place it was crazy (laughs) he was just a guy that was passionate about wrestling he was determined to get to wwe and he kind of overcame something that you hear from a lot of people. It's like if you go and you're an extra too many times, if you go and you're an enhancement talent too many times, you'll be branded in that way and you won't be able to get a deal. But uh, a guy like Darren Young, he was able to overcome that and he got his deal. And that's, I mean, it comes with an awful lot of of hard work. And I mean, we're both aware of how much work Fred put in to get his WWE contract. 
Yeah, he's somebody I wonder, like, what, what what the future holds for him. Like, I think he's moved out to L.A., so I don't know if he maybe has his eye on, um, you know, maybe getting into acting. Uh, obviously, Fred spreads a very positive message with the Block the Hate stuff. And, you know, uh, of course, was, uh, I mean, the first active WWE superstar to come out as gay and has been a real advocate speaking out against, you know, against hate. And so you wonder, you know, is he going to get out there on the indies and make appearances or? Or does he have something else in mind for his life? Yeah, I don't know. That'd be really interesting to see if, I mean, we know that he, I mean, talk about a guy that grounded out in the independence. He came like at least once a month. He would drive whatever it is, four or five hours from Jersey up to the Boston area to compete for chaotic wrestling. So he, and he did that month after month for years. So I mean, I know he'd be welcome back in chaotic wrestling and a number of places uh, around if he were to come back to the independence. But I mean, yeah, maybe there's something bigger for Darren Young. He was a great advocate for the company, as you mentioned. I mean, he worked. He was uh, on the court at a basketball game, an NBA game the night before he was released. So he was always out there working. Yeah, very, very strange making an appearance. And then the next morning, you know, gets uh, gets his walking papers like very very strange to me at least obviously whatever fred chooses to do i think he'll excel i mean there's an amazing story of of growth with with fred and what's happened and i know he was struggling with a lot of things and he was able to as you said come out to the forefront and tell everyone that he's a, a gay man and that's awesome that's a great thing and i know that he can spread the, his message of uh yeah blocking the hate to a great number of people. If it's not in the independence, I, I, he could do it on a on a much greater scale, and I wouldn't doubt that for a second. He's a tremendous advocate for um, you know anti bullying, and as you said, to block the hate. And I can't wait to see what's next for for Fred. It'd be great to personally. It'd be great to see him back on the independence, right? Yeah, I think it'd be great to see him out there. I'd love to. Uh, I mean, guy wrestled a, a quite a bit. One of his first feuds up here, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I wrestled him in Jersey, and I don't think I ever did for for their uh, ECWA. I don't think I ever wrestled him down there, but yeah, it's. I, I think he'll be all right. He's a guy, no matter what he does. I think Fred's going to be okay. Uh, you know, I, it stinks that he that he got released from WWE, but you know, on on the other hand, I'm not too concerned with uh, with Fred because I think he's the type of guy that's going to do more than okay with whatever he decides to pursue. Yeah, well, good luck to Fred and everyone that was released from the deals. I know that I think Emma could do very well in the independence as well. Um, Sawyer Fulton could obviously get some work. Summer Rae, I'm not quite sure what's next for her. I mean, she talked about how she was a WWE fan growing up on her Instagram. So I'm sure she'd get work as well out there in the independence. But I mean, when it comes to independent wrestling, there's work for a lot of people. If you're if you're good, if you're a name, if you can get work on the independence and it's just a matter of, I guess, sustaining that past the single appearances. Yeah. I mean, I think, the, I think Emma, I think would do okay on the Indies. I, I don't know how much Summer Rae would do, would do on the Indies. She may be more of the, uh, convention circuit type, I think. And, um, just thinking about Fred on the Indies too, makes you wonder, like, I don't, I, don't, I mean, Fred's not going to be a super indie, uh, guy. I mean, Fred is um, obviously a fantastic wrestler, but very much the WWE style. Uh, you know, that, that so many of us were 
were really <laughs> was really drilled into our heads and then before he got there w- was that style and then obviously for the last however many years he's been there that style <laughs> has been drilled into his head so um I, I don't think fred's gonna be one of these guys that goes to like the super indies i could be i could be wrong you know i could be wrong but because I, I think fred's style is more more the wwe television type of style so i guess we'll see it'd be really interesting to see what's going on with those guys and hopefully we'll uh Get big things from Fred and all those guys. I mean, we've found out in recent years, getting released from WWE is not a death sentence by any stretch of the imagination. Not anymore. (laughs) Not anymore. That's a great thing. Thank God. All right, Kingpin. It's time. It's time. It's not Vader time, but it may be in just a minute. It's a (laughs) Haas fight. It's the Haas fight, Kingpin. We're defending the big men of professional wrestling. I know that over the years, Brian, uh, I'm not speaking for you, but I'm sure you've run into resistance from both wrestling fans and promoters when it comes to having someone of your body type on a show. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on the promoter, but yeah, I mean, there's a there's a stigma. People think of plotting big men. They think of, you know the King Kong Bundys of the world, you know, there, there's that old school sort of view of what a big man can be in pro wrestling. Yeah. I mean, growing up, you and me in the eighties, I mean, maybe I'm a little bit of the seventies as well, but growing up, <laughs> there were like the statuesque bodybuilder types. Yes. But also there was a plethora of wrestlers with those more realistic body types. Uh, how about Jerry Blackwell, your father? <laughs> yes, yes, I was uh I was the crusher Brian Blackwell. I mean that but that type of garbage too, like you know, oh he's a fat guy, let's give him this stupid name. <laughs> you had your your one man gangs, your Kamalas, but they also had your Bam Bam Bigelows, who is very agile, your earthquakes, Yokozuna, guys that could move, but they didn't have that typical body type. I think in the 80s, the only real requirement was you had to be, I mean, you couldn't just be a overweight person. You had to be tall as well. You couldn't just be a big guy. You had to be a tall guy as well. Is that kind of what you think as well? Yeah, you want physically imposing people and somebody who, you know, a guy who's tall and big has immediate credibility, you know, when they walk through the curtain. You think of a guy like one man gang who's what, 6'8, 400 pounds. Um, that's an intimidating presence the moment he walks through the curtain. And if you're, especially in the territory days, that could be a guy the moment he shows up, he's a threat to your champion. So, Brian, did you have a favorite big man growing up? I know Hulk Hogan was your all-around favorite, but when it came to big men, was there someone that you kind of looked up to? or Big Van Vader, of course. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> is, is, that, is that true, or is that just what you said at a wrestling camp one time? That's just what I said. I have no idea why I said that. I never liked Vader. <laughs> um, guys, I like growing up. I mean, I always liked the big boss man. I always thought he moved exceptionally well. I did like Bam Bam Bigelow for a big guy but I, I think boss man was truthfully probably my favorite big man some of the stuff he did even just the it's just showing it's not this big spectacular move but just the hitting the rope sliding out of the baseball sliding out of the ring giving him the shot when the guy's on the ropes just the act of him moving like that is impressive he didn't, doesn't even have to be a big move it was just the fact that that he could move with agility like that that was that was impressive I'm I'm talking Cobb County, Georgia, Big Boss Man, not talking necessarily tactical gear, Big Boss Man. 
or the boss in WCW. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the guardian angel was pretty good too. But. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, when little Brian Malonis was watching wrestling growing up, was, was it a Hulk Hogan type or, or did you have to see someone like the one man gang or Bam Bam Bigelow to know if he could do it, I could too. No, I don't think, I mean, I don't necessarily think seeing other big, I mean, just, just knowing how you have size is a good thing to have in wrestling, but I I don't necessarily think any of those guys were like some sort of inspiration to me. I think other than the fact that I like to think I'm pretty athletic and I knew I didn't want to be just your typical big man. I didn't want to be King Kong Bundy or the one man gang, or even the way Andre the Giant worked. I wanted to be more of the big boss man or Bam Bam Bigelow or even Vader who, who could do athletic things. All right. So you did eventually get into the business. And as we've documented in the early 2000s, but at that time, the times they were changing. <laughs> you had your guys like Mabel or Viscera, the big show. Those are guys that were just so huge. They would kind of be booked no matter what. But when you were starting, where did you think your place was among? Because I mean, there are a lot of cookie cutter physiques when you were coming in where do you think your place was and all that you know i got when i first walked in I, ne- I truthfully never even i don't know i never even thought about like what my place would be i mean later on i think i started to develop thoughts on on that um and i and i kind of thought that i was a guy who could instantly be credible and that you could put at the top of cards but when i first got in i you know you just think you have this dream of making it in pro wrestling you don't actually you know, and you of course you dream of like being in WrestleMania and and being a top guy, but never actually a real formalized idea of like where would I fit in this in this promotion. It wasn't until later on, you know, when you start to think about that, and and when they did kind of go to all the crazy body guys, I was like, man, I could fit in as, because there's nobody like me. I'm completely different than anything they're presenting on TV currently. But they had a pretty WWE course had a pretty hard and fast rule against having bigger guys. And you were different even when you started out on Chaotic Wrestling shows. And we've talked about it many times. I've joked about it. But you were given the name Brian Buffet. And uh, uh, this obviously was a bit of a rib. I mean, uh, even Bruce Pritchard could admit that, that uh, this was a rib to give you the name Brian Buffet. I mean, like I said, I've joked about it, but how did it feel to kind of be saddled with this from day one? shitty uh, it was really shitty and i felt horrible about it at the time and i look back at it now and i actually feel worse about it now really yeah because there's people that i trusted uh, around me to guide me and they saw fit just to, as i got out there and started to make a name for myself to saddle me with this and think it's hilarious you know when you, you look back on that and um it's like, why would somebody do that to me? Why would, why would you do that to a guy coming from your school that you want to? Oh, I would hope they wanted me to be successful. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't give two shits really because I wasn't uh, the cookie cutter WWE thing. But um, you know, in, in the way it kind of worked in chaotic, you didn't have. I like, I didn't have a choice. If I was going to be on the shows, I was going to be Brian Buffet. Like I, I didn't have a choice at that point, so it was it was that or not be on the shows. So to have that kind of power over somebody and then kind of abuse it like that and make fun of them in a very public way is really really shitty to do to somebody. 
You know, and it wasn't like it wasn't like it was like I used it for my one time battle royal appearance or something like that. That was my name for forever. And then when I kept pushing to change it, there was lots of resistance always with me wanting to change it. I would think that this would kind of almost in hindsight be oh, this, that was something that I overcame and you feel better about it now, but it's uh, really surprising to me saying that you feel worse about it than now than when... I feel better about my role in overcoming it. I feel right. really shitty about, at that point, people I really trusted and looking back on it like, I don't know, just a shitty thing to do to somebody. Just very publicly make fun of them like that. Like, why would you do that? Obviously, you know, clearly I've struggled my entire life with my weight. Clearly, uh, I've had body image issues. So, well, why not exacerbate that? This young, impressionable kid. <laughs> yeah, at that point, I really was a kid. I was 21, 22 years old, you know, and here are people I'm looking to guide me and paying them money to guide me and and they wanted to make fun of me instead. So, I mean, I, I, know, I know Fat Pants always fought to get that name changed and was obviously met with lots of resistance to it. You know, I remember he, we used to have conversations where he'd want to have that name change, uh, how stupid it is and how terrible it is. And I remember he fought for you when they wanted you to wear a t-shirt. Do you remember this story? And I think it was in Maine. Yeah. The 28 inch waist uh, t-shirt. Yeah. There was a t-shirt for a different wrestler who wasn't on the card and the t-shirt was basically at the front. It said 28 inch waist. And one of the people in charge wanted you to wear this t-shirt for your match. Now I know Todd ended up stepping in, but how did you react initially when this was presented to you? I said I would do it. I didn't care at that point. I was just happy to be on the show and have a spot on the show at that at that point and that, that's where the that's where some of the i feel worse about it now situations come into play because at that point i was like yeah sure i'll do it whatever i just want to be a part of it and at, at, you know in those junctures you're looking for somebody to have your best interest uh, I, I will say this um todd's the one guy who has consistently had my back the entirety of of my wrestling career if you look back on it now at at this point you know even when i was first starting out on chaotic shows and trying to get me on and trying to make me serious and not you know and trying to guide me so i mean he's a guy who has had my back literally since day one maybe where others didn't where others you know again didn't see much in me even when they were starting to allow me on shows you know at least todd did so there was somebody looking out for me so that i feel good about you know that i feel really good about but just, I don't know. It's a shitty thing to do to somebody. And at that time, at that point, was there ever a time where you felt like you were on the radar of WWE? Early on? No. There was probably one There was one stretch of time where I truly felt like I was on, actually on the radar. We had a, we had a tryout. It was like a Wednesday morning or something like that at the Chaotic Training Center, now the NEPWA. And John Laurinaitis and Ty Bailey came up, uh, and there was a very small group of us there at the school and it was a private like a private tryout it wasn't like this big open announce thing it was just yeah i didn't know about it (laughs) you you weren't at it i don't think so you were working at undercover wear at the time i can't imagine that you wouldn't have been at this thing maybe you weren't you know maybe i'm dropping a bombshell on you here maybe you weren't working undercover wear this so this would have been like like 2010 uh, I think I was there at the time, but anyway, go go on. It's not about me, Kingpin. <laughs> I find it hard to believe you weren't there. I don't, I don't remember you. I, I wrestled. I wrestled Brian Fury at it. That's why I wanted to wrestle at it as well because we just had really good chemistry. Um, but I was a little heavier at the time. Pretty similar uh, weight to what I am now, which is like in the 
uh, high 300s, low 400s. I don't know my exact weight at the moment, but I was probably right around that weight. And John Laurinaitis actually liked me. He really liked me. He told Jamie afterwards that uh, he asked Jamie about me. And uh, I was actually ha- I already was booked for TV for like two weeks or no, it was like the following week. Like the following week, I'm pretty sure I was, I was booked for TV and it was in like, there was a pay-per-view in Jersey. It was, this is, this is the trip with, uh, Chase Del Monte and Biff Busick. We went to a pay-per-view in New Jersey. We went to Raw in Pennsylvania where I met Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. And then SmackDown, I think somewhere back in Jersey. So Jamie had kind of given me the heads up that he really had liked me. And so John Lawrence is always kind of notorious for not really wanting to talk to extras or like always being on his phone, maybe, but not really on his phone. <laughs> yeah. or, so I kind of just saw him standing by himself by the ring. And I actually tried to get the other two guys to come with me and they didn't want to. They said, no, they're not doing it. Like, they were just, you know, they were, I don't know, they just felt like they were going to bug him. And at that point, I'd been going to TV for a number of years. I had started to already kind of feel the pressure and the, you know, of like, damn, I got to make something happen. So I just went up and struck up a conversation with him and find out, yeah, that he did like me from the tryout. He did think I was too heavy, but thought I had something and, you know, started asking me about like family history, you know, and, um, how much weight did I think I could lose? And I told him where I was at. And he, and he said, well, give me a call when you get around 300. So I was like blown away. I was absolutely blown away. And it was the first time I actually felt good about my relationship with WWE. From there, I was having probably weekly communication, uh, maybe bi-weekly communication with Ty Bailey, who was working under John Laurinaitis at the time. But just keeping him up to date and just keeping on the radar and... This is also the same time I was getting ready for the Super 8 tournament. Um, so I got, I got my weight down. I, I, I was, I was right around like 310 and I felt really good about it. And so I went back to TV. Uh, this is, this is where some of my attitudes started to take a turn because I'd worked so hard and it was about like three or four months later that I'd gone back to TV and I'd lost about 80 or 90 pounds and I really worked hard on my physique and I felt like, you know, I felt good about it. I felt like I could present them with something that, they could then take and and we could do something with and you have to feel like that or don't waste don't waste their time so um i went to the pay-per-view on sunday obviously nothing happened we didn't work out on monday (laughs) which was very you know it was very frustrating so kind of a big no-no is to approach these people in catering they're very busy and but at that point i was like i I got i haven't it's it's monday after the afternoon workouts and we haven't done shit yet so I have to talk to him. I have to talk to him. And I, so I did. I talked to him very briefly in, in catering and he said he remembered me and that I, you know, that it, he noticed the weight loss and that, you know, they'll get us in the ring on Tuesday, which, which they did. Um, I had a match with a guy that was not good. The match was not good. The guy wasn't good. And, uh, I was, I was despondent <laughs> after the match. But thankfully, this person was also going to have to wrestle uh, Max, Max Bauer, who was there. And Jamie Noble kind of had realized what happened in my match. And he pulled the same kid who wrestled me. He pulled him out of it and had me wrestle Max on the fly. And we had a really good match. And I talked to, um, you know, I talked to like Mark Henry and Cody Rhodes and Kofi and all these guys who gave me great feedback. And... I didn't get a chance to talk to Laurinaitis, but they were supposed to do reports on people. Like, this is when they had started to do write-ups on people going to TV as a way to keep track of it. And 
Jamie Noble completely blew us off after we approached him several times because he said, don't leave here until we sit down together. And then completely blew us off like three times, including at the end of the night. And nothing really came of it. And that that really was discouraging. But that was the only time I ever really felt I was truly on the WWE's radar at any juncture, you know. Now, was this before they signed a guy like Bull Dempsey? Yes. Yeah, this was there was still really nobody like me that they had in the pipeline or on TV. Uh, I still felt like I could offer something completely unique to to what they what they currently had. Uh, eventually, like I said, they signed Bull Dempsey. Brodus Clay was on the main roster as well. Yeah, these both those guys were a couple of years afterwards at least though. Okay. Yeah, this is yeah, the timeline is like at least a couple of years a couple of years afterwards. I'd already kind of started to develop maybe a bad attitude and started to become sort of jaded towards the, you know, chasing WWE thing by the time they had started to open up to some different body types. I was already pretty I was already I was already pretty jaded at that point. I was already pretty much like the hell with this. I can't do, you know, it, I was pretty discouraged. I mean, the last time I had, I went to TV, like I didn't even go with a tan. You know, I, I just I didn't even care. Like I, I didn't even care the last time I went to TV. And you know, me and I wrestled handsome. I think we told the story on the podcast, and we had a really good match. But then you saw these two complete shitbags who, because they were buddies with Sylvain Grenier, got a week in Tampa, and Triple H came down to watch them wrestle, and they got stopped because of how bad it was. And then you know, we get pulled aside by Goldust and. He tells us how good the match was and makes fun of the guys who had the tryouts. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you know, it just, it just gets you like, what the fuck? Like, you know what? Leave me alone. I, I don't, I can't. And that, and that was, you know, really starting to get to, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't torture myself like this anymore. Let's talk about the guys that did get signed that were not traditional body types like Brodus Clay and Bull Dempsey. They're both uh, put on TV, Brodus in WWE, Bull Dempsey in NXT, as serious people, as serious wrestlers. But then both of them kind of had a turn. I know that this has been a real sore spot with you, Brian, and we're going to get into it here. Uh, Making fun of fat guys, dancing gimmicks, eating gimmicks. Yeah, I mean, it's like somebody signs them while while they're fat or overweight or whatever. And then it's like somebody goes, holy shit, look at this fat guy. How the fuck did he get here? Well, you know what? Let's shame him for being a fat guy. And they give him some sort of stupid, jokey gimmick. And yeah, it, be- it used to be like the big guys used to be the monsters. Now in WWE, the big guys are laughing stocks. Yeah, find something to to make fun of them rather than something to make them a monster. And that's just what it becomes. And it's... Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, at least the, the Brodus Clay one, I mean, it got over for a bit and made it work. The Bull Dempsey one was just absolute, I think, bullshit and just pure humiliation to me. And, and I I've, I mean, I've seen Bull Dempsey and had conversations with him. I've never really asked him how he felt about that gimmick. And hey, maybe we can reach out to him and have him on and maybe he can speak in yeah. his own words. But I mean, to me, seeing it, it's like you're just blatantly making fun of this guy. They even started to do it with Kevin Owens a little bit on TV they like there'd be like a sign in the crowd or something and they would zoom in on it and commentators would make you know a comment here and there about his weight or I don't I don't recall that I do I I recall you know. like maybe I think Randy Orton might have said something and I know that they've focused on signs but I don't think that commentators have blatantly been 
But it just goes it just goes to show you though, someone there is conscious of it. And you get this guy who is who has become one of their top guys, one of the cornerstones of their company right now. And at first he was a joke. You know, at first he was, you know, here's this guy who is not traditional, not cookie cutter. But the the, the thing that I think the thing is just so stupid to me, it's like you signed this person and they looked the way they did. Why do you then get mad at them for being what they are? Yeah, I mean, I've talked about a number of times the same thing that happened with Blue Meanie back in the day. His entire gimmick was that he was an overweight guy who could do a moonsault, and they brought him in and told him to lose weight. <laughs> what? That's that's who he is. And and I get that you want people to to be in shape or whatever, but I I, I don't know. It's like it, you 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 signed this guy the way he looked, you know, that, I, I don't know. To me, that's validation to the person that you've signed that you're okay with what they physically look like. I mean, I know it's a touchy subject with me because obviously it's, you know, it hits home, but I don't know. It's just stupid. Don't sign the guy. If if you don't want that body type, if you don't want that physique, just don't sign the person. Just tell them, look, that we're, that's not what we're looking for. So you really think that Kevin Owens overall, he came in as a joke? No, I don't think he came in as a joke. I just, I just think he had to overcome some of that bullshit. And, and if he didn't get over the way he has, that's probably where it would have degenerated to. Okay, yeah, I can, I can understand that. Yeah, I think Kevin Owens is, I, he's kind of broken the mold in terms of they're looking past it. I mean, obviously there are hiccups here and there, but I think overall they're looking past what might not be their uh, ideal physique to push a guy that is doing well in promos, has great matches, and letting him have a shot at the top of the card. Moves a shit ton of merchandise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think he is breaking the mold, because one, he's, they've realized like this guy's a hell of a performer. He can connect with the crowd. And oh, by the way, he does look like he can kick somebody's ass. You know? Like, yeah. So overall, do you think the mentality has changed? Uh, ish. <laughs> you know, I, I think... I think it kind of has, you know, I think, I think obviously, obviously there's more, oppor- there's more opportunity for me to say there's not opportunity there is that's not, that's not factual um, because there is, you know, there is opportunity there. Um, but I don't think we've seen the last of, Hey, let's make fun of this guy. Cause he's fat either. You know? Yeah. Do you feel like people are more open to guys like you as part of their shows or has it always been feeling like that you can be a part of any show theoretically? And depending on the show, but yeah, I think I think hosses or whatever as they call them now. That's there. It's like a thing now. Yeah, big men are like a thing in wrestling right now. It's 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 become like a a hot thing in wrestling. So I mean, yeah, I think I think on on this level, certainly it's certainly opened up. And I mean, just evidenced by the fact that I, I've gotten to continue to get opportunities with a company like Ring of Honor, who early on in my career that was you know I was persona non grata. I wouldn't even attempted it at most juncture, you know, most points in my career. And the fact that, you know, I've become a mainstay of the Beyond Wrestling roster also is pretty good indication that things have definitely changed on this level. And I never felt like shunned because I was a big guy on the indies. Um, especially being a big guy who could actually wrestle and be athletic. It just, you know, because sometimes on the indies, some of the bigger guys on there are just kind of sloppy fat guys who can't can't do anything. <laughs> No offense to anybody listening, I you know um, I'm not meaning to degrade anybody, but you know a lot of guys that I've run into on the indies that are also big guys, 
just aren't good wrestlers they're just big guys you know i i think i'm somebody who who worked hard i was trained properly um i mean that's one thing i think i think my training really stuck out was that when i was doing it i could never understand why why mike hollow and dukes dalton were making me do this shit that the little guys were doing and now later on I mean, I realized it a long time ago, but I realized, you know, soon after, like, oh, no, I just, they taught me how to wrestle first, and then they taught me how to use my size. But I, I have that foundation, just like everybody else has, of, you know, just a wrestler first, and then that's allowed me to have a different mindset and and take a different mindset into my matches and, and my career, is the fact that I was shown and can do things that guys half my size can so that's what you bring to uh, a wrestling event. Well, like, what does uh, Brian Malonis or another guy of your ilk, though there's no one of your ilk, Brian, what do you bring <laughs> that's different to, you know, a prospective promoter's independent wrestling event? I mean, for me, it's my presence, I think, at this point. Um, I'm obviously a physically imposing presence, but I feel like I project well when I come to the curtain. I think I have a good presence about me. I think, you know, when I walk down the aisle and get in the ring, I project as somebody who's special. And I think I do a pretty good job of it. I think that's what I bring to your wrestling show. I think I, I'm still a big fan of the, of the larger than life sort of presence. Uh, I don't want to be an everyman. I don't want to be somebody you can see just walking down the street. I, I want you to look at me and know that not only am I bigger than you, but I'm special. And you can't you can't run into a guy like me walking down the street every day. All right. Well, have a Haas fight on your next wrestling event. Book Brian Malonis. <laughs> Brian Malonis at Comcast.net is his email. Get the kingpin on your wrestling show. And... Uh, you got a lot of shows coming up. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But we want your feedback, folks. Every week, we do something called Merv Griffin Time, a talkback segment where we interact with you, the listener. So tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode, your thoughts on our discussion about big men and wrestling. Use the hashtag WPAN. We'll mention you and your tweets later this week because every Thursday, it's an all-new, all-different episode of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on BDA Radio. Now you can vote at the WPAN on Twitter Monday nights to decide what we discuss on the show each week. And you never know what else will come up, so be sure to seek it out each and every week on our own feed. Plus, you can download past episodes of this very podcast. As they come off the NAI feed, they get added over there. It is all on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing feed on your favorite podcast platform, or you can find it at BDARadio.com. Okay, KPN, it's about that time. Time to celebrate a very important person in the WPAN family. Me. But before we get to that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Birthday and didn't eat anything? Actually, that's B-A-D-E-A. But anyway, forgive me, Kingpin. Uh, Yeah, I'm dieting. So no cake, no candy, no fun at all. But what is fun? BDA Radio. It provides the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news, they break news with a wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. Have your cake and eat it too at BDARadio.com. Yes, Kingpin, it was my birthday. You are well aware of this. Yes, oh yes, I've been made well aware. What do you mean? You, you've taken it upon yourself, my friend, to put together a bit of a tribute for your pal, right? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Not uh, prompted at all. Just did it all on my own because you're a special guy. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's really, I was really surprised when you just brought this up and said that you wanted to do this for me. I'm really, I was really happy. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. It was all, you know, it was, it was all my own idea, right out of my own brain and uh, no prompt needed at all. I did, I did rally the troops, though. I did rally the troops. And I think you're, uh, I think you're going to enjoy uh, what you're about to hear. Yeah, because my voicemails just started filling up the wrestling podcast about nothing voicemail line. Of course, the number is 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Got a ton of voicemails over the past couple days. I guess you rallied the troops and we uh, got some, I assume, birthday greetings. So I guess we'll just listen to them right here, Kingpin. Yes, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I haven't even heard these. I just load them up, not listening to them. So here we go in no particular order. The first birthday greeting. Hey, Croc Sox, your old pal, Big Woody. Just wanted to call in and wish you a happy birthday. I don't know, I kind of thought about you a little bit today when I thought it was your birthday and realized we go way back to the old NWA New England days. I remember starting out back then when you first started out. I remember thinking to myself, you know, this kid might be a good referee. i got to say something. As a referee is concerned, he turned out to be a hell of a podcast host. All right, my brother. No, seriously. Happy birthday. Hope you have a great one. Talk to you soon, buddy. Well, the, uh, it's a little tough to hear there at the end. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, as a referee, you are, uh, you are a fantastic podcast host, though, huh? Thanks, Big Woody. I felt like it was a bit of a backhanded compliment. It felt a bit backhanded. Well, maybe slight. I'll take it in the best possible way, though, Kingpin. Thank you I'm very sure much. I'm sure the messages will get better. I'm sure they'll. Yes. You know, I'm sure they'll get better. Thank you, thank you, Big Woody, for your thoughts and your voicemail. Very much appreciated. And on to the next. And a big birthday shout out to one Michael Crockett. Mike must be great to be on an extended hiatus from the wrestling business. I mean, you should be ready to collect Social Security by now, right? Anyway, man, hope you have a great birthday. Don't cheat too much on your cheat meal, and hope you have a good one. Bye. Okay, I I, I think that was our buddy Randall Keough, if I'm not mistaken. It sounded, sounded like Randall, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Social Security, huh? Wow. Uh, I, I did not have a cheat meal, Randall, I'll, I'll have you know. There was no cheating to be had. But did you put in for Social Security? No, I did not, no. No. All right. All right. Thank you. Well, Thank you very much. Been a little Randall. rough here, buddy. I hope. I'm sure they'll get better. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks very much, Randall. Uh, you know, you're a longtime listener. Really appreciate you listening and appreciate your voicemail. All right. Let's move on to the next voicemail here for Croc Sox's birthday. The champ is here. I wanted to call and give a big happy birthday to the guy that is so old. He is in Jesus's yearbook. Hey, Mike, I wish I could say I want to look as good as you when I'm your age, but that would be a lie. A little advice, slow down on the trans fats, eat more vegetables, and remember to take your vitamins, brother. Here's a life hack for you. The secret to getting all strong and jacked is to pop open those Flintstone vitamins and only eat the Bam Bams. I would tell you to act your age, but I would be afraid that you'd probably die. Happy birthday, Crockett. Chad Alden from A Man Walks Into an Arm Bar, the MMA well, podcast on BDA Radio. This is this is starting uh, to take an unexpected turn. Unexpected, huh, Kingpin? Completely unexpected. <laughs> uh, what what was your inquiry when you went to these people? What did you, what did you say? 
Well, I just said, just like my tweet said, I, could you call in and wish Crockett a happy birthday? Tell him the Kingpin sent you. That's all. All right. Well, thanks, Chad. Of course, uh, I'm, you I'm can sure find... there's some better ones out there. I'm sure. I'm sure there's some where people aren't taking shots at you. Yeah, you can find the MMA podcast. I'm sure they're going to be talking about GSP winning the title, all that stuff this coming week on A Man Walks It or an Iron Bar on BDARadio.com. Uh, I'm not sure why I'm plugging him, but, you know, I'm a professional. I'm a professional, Brian. All right, on to the next voicemail. Hello, boys. It's Max Smashmaster. I just wanted to say not only happy birthday to one Michael Crockett, I want to say his taste in belts sucks. The Big Eagle belt sucks. The Winged Eagle belt is where it's at. And also, the Undisputed Championship is where it's at. Mike Crockett doesn't know anything uh, unless Dave Meltzer says it's good or bad. Just kidding, Mike. I love you. Happy birthday. Uh, you're 42 years old. Hopefully, uh, you're trying to cave at that age, but you're old as fuck. All right, bye. <laughs> we tried to make a comeback at the end there, but then, you know, he zigged and he zagged, right? <laughs> what does Dave Meltzer have to say about your birthday? <laughs> I don't know. You should have got him on the line. Maybe maybe there's a voicemail from him coming up. I maybe. guess that's going to be the big surprise. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we talked last Thursday on BDA Radio. Go back and check out that podcast, episode 41, I believe, of the wrestling podcast about nothing. We talked about best championship belt designs. And Mr. Smashmaster did not agree with my selections, No, apparently. he agrees with me, though. The, uh, the undisputed championship. All right. Well, thank you, Max. And this one is bound to be better here. Uh, next voicemail. All these people wishing me greetings. Uh, sincere greetings, I, I, I would assume, for my birthday on Saturday. Ladies and Pooputs, please welcome back Big Bacon and Brad Hollister to the WPAN. And this time I'm not here talking about how awesome I am, which is a lot, which is like totally. I'm here to wish Mike Crockett a happy birthday. When I first started listening to this podcast, it was because it was a podcast about something I love by someone I respect. I just don't know how Kingpin let you water him down like that, Crockett. But seriously, I hope you have a good birthday, and I'll be seeing you guys around soon. Kingpin, odds are next time I see you, we'll be turning on each other. But it's all good. It's not like we're on each other's team or anything. Wait a minute. You're on my Survivor Series team. No! <laughs> he seemed like he, he spent very little on me this is my favorite one so far yeah exactly i do have to correct big bacon though it's not his survivor series team it's my survivor series team we are the kingpins just so we're clear and we'll talk about that a little bit later yeah and you've turned on him twice at this point right uh yeah 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 i have and now you're making them a part of your team for uh, Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll get into that a little later, as you said. All right. Next voicemail here. Hey, wrestling podcast about nothing. It's your old friend, RJ DeLuise from Times Square, New York, calling to wish Michael Crockett a warm, happy birthday. I remember 72 years ago when you were born. 
just a small little zebra who's grown into such an accomplished man with a podcast that deals with nothing and a co-host who is so dreamy and so sweet to work with and a caller like myself who makes your program actually listenable. So for the 17,000 hours you spend each week putting this podcast together, I'd like to thank you for having me on it to make it actually something people will want to tweet about. So happy birthday to you, Michael Crockett, man amongst men, ref amongst no one. And just so much joy to you in the coming year. And with that, I will say nothing. Did I did I get a hint of sarcasm there? <laughs> I liked it too. He called me dreamy. That was a good one. Mike, this is not this is not going well. I don't I I, I, I sincerely apologize here. Yeah, you you apologize, huh? How many more do we got? Uh, there's a couple more here. A couple more. Um, I'm sure these ones will be much better. This one came to my personal email. I'm not quite sure why, but uh, let's go to this one. This was not through the voicemail line. Let's listen to this. Hey, everyone. This is Jamie Jamitkowski from Chaotic Wrestling and the For the Pops podcast on the NAI Pop Network. You know, when Brian reached out to me and said, hey, November 4th of this weekend, could you send us just some quick happy birthday memories? I was so excited that he remembered the special day and even asked me to contribute. It was so tough, though, to decide what memories I wanted to share. You know, should I pick something from an illustrious wrestling career that's winding down? Should I talk about memories from when we all worked together at a lingerie company? Should I talk about our friendships outside the business and some of the fun trips we've all taken? But, you know, really to celebrate a birthday like this is tough because how do I do that and, and stay humble? I mean, it's kind of weird to talk about my own birthday on November 4th without signing like a complete douche, but, you know, I'll give my best Jamie, shot. you know this is for Mike Crockett's birthday on November 4th, right? Wait, Mike Crockett? You guys have the same birthday? This is for Mike Crockett. His birthday is November 4th, too? Are oh, you Crockett. Who the does he think he is anyway, still in the limelight for my birthday all these years? What the has he done? Oh, what does he do? Quote Seinfeld, Back to the Future, and then he's just basically miserable about everything else in his life? Yeah, great, Crockett. Happy f***ing birthday. By the way, my legal team's going to be in touch. We're filing an injunction against you to keep you from celebrating your birthday on the same day as mine going forward. Good luck, pal. All right. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yes, Jamie does have uh, the same birthday as me, and I thought we were birthday buddies. Maybe not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I guess not. And thank you very much, Jamie, for providing your own beeps. I like that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah all right um all right this one's bound to be better you get a couple more left here and uh my goodness this isn't going well brian i i'm starting to regret forcing you to do this tribute to me <laughs> no these will be better I, I'm, I'm sure these will be better all right here we go hey crockett i was calling to tell you happy Man, fuck that. You set podcasting back 30 years, or maybe 10, however long podcasting's been around, with that Mocket Crockett bullshit, then you fucking refuse to do a total diva show with me on the Book and the Territory Network. What the fuck, man? I never thought there would come a day when me and Brian Marlonis would get along, but lately, he's given Southern wrestling its due, and you just disrespect the sport by getting blown up at the count of two, in Brian Fury's last match, and I'm just kind of tired of it. So, uh, 
Crockett, I was telling you happy birthday, but since you refused to do my show with me on Total Divas, I'm pissed off, and uh, you can just go jump off a fucking bridge. Brian Malonis, good show. Crockett, I don't know what to tell you anymore. <laughs> These are getting worse, Mike. I don't know how this. I don't know how this here? happened. What's going on here, Brian? What did you tell these people? You've apparently angered many people, Michael, uh, especially Mike Mills, who me and Mike Mills are now uh, apparently the dynamic duo. Mike Mills, can can he officially be taken off my feud list and, and added to yours? I guess so. Man, Jesus. I don't know what's happening here. Things are going off the rails very quick. Uh, I'm glad I had a great day yesterday because today is not going very well. I don't know. You didn't even eat cake. Doesn't sound like you had a great day. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mention it, uh, oof. All right, uh, what? Two more here, Brian. Let's let's get this one out of the way so we can uh, get through this goddamn thing because it's not going as I envisioned. Here we go. Hey guys, this is Brian Fury. Just calling to wish Michael Crockett a very happy 49th birthday. I'm so happy for you and all the things that you've done in your life. It's very, very, very long life. I just wanted to tell a quick story. Um, this is the type of guy Crockett is. He, um, we were at a show in Maine working for NWA on Fire and the Civilities, and there was this new guy in town. Uh, the great Malachi was his name, and um, it was the first time I'd ever met him. And he got like a title match or something that night, and I was just joking around backstage like I normally do. Oh, look at this guy, his first time. Uh, in the company, and they get the heavyweight title match. Clearly, just kidding. So anyways, somehow word gets back to him I was saying that, and he thought I was serious. So after I wrestled my match, I come downstairs, and I'm all tired, and Crockett's next to me, and we're talking a little bit and starting to get undressed, and this kid comes up to me, like, pissed, legit pissed, and wanted to try and start a fight with me. He had somebody with him, too. I don't remember who it was, and his uh, girlfriend. And they were all very angry with me and wanted to start a fight with me, a legitimate fight. So there's a couple people there, and I turned to my right, where Crockett was standing just a second ago, and he was booking it down the hall as far away from this as he could be. Absolutely no help whatsoever for what this fight or what could possibly transpire here. So now it was just me left alone with these other three people. Uh, nothing happened, thankfully. But Crockett, man, he really would have had my back there that night. That yellow-bellied turncoat took his bag, ran down the hallway as far away as he could. That is the type of guy Michael Crockett is. And I just wanted to share that here on his 49th birthday. Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> You've apparently angered a lot of this. Is you know what this is almost reminiscent of, Mike? Uh, speaking of Seinfeld, the final episode of of Seinfeld, where all of the uh, extra characters sort of came back and and told all these rotten, miserable tales of what type of people uh, they really were. And this is almost uh, reminiscent of that. You, you've apparently angered a great deal of many people in your life. A lot of character witnesses here uh, in the trial of my life. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm not 49. Let me just say that, Brian Fury. And I categorically deny, I did not run down the hall. There was no running. I just excused myself and walked down the hall a little bit where my bag was. 
and that that's what happened. I'm no I'm no yellow belly, if that's what he called me. Did he call me a yellow belly? He did. He did call you a yellow belly. <clears throat> All right. Well, like I said, I didn't run away. I just. I had things to attend to in my bag. There's something very important. There's something very important at the bottom of my bag that I had to seek out. So I started digging and digging and digging. And I was bound to find it at some point, but it just couldn't wait. I had to find it right then. So that's what was going on. That's all that was going on. So thank you, I guess, Brian Fury, for calling in, for humiliating me. Thank you, Brian Malonis, for humiliating me. Oh, we've got one more here. Um... Mike, I, I I got a good feeling about this one. It, it's it's a little bit of a surprise, you know, for you here, Mike. This is a a international wrestling superstar on this. All of this was a build up to to this. To, you know, that I I wanted to roast you a little bit after you made me get people to uh, wish you a happy birthday. Uh, but this one here, uh, this is somebody who bona fide wrestling wrestling superstar. So many big matches in their career, all over television in their career, and somebody who has a very special message for you uh, for your birthday. So uh, we, we queued it up here, Mike, but, uh, you know, enjoy this one. Happy birthday, sincerely. Uh, and this one I think you're going you're gonna to really love. Okay, so you went out and got someone. Uh, this is all the the bit, right? And then you, now you went out and got someone, like as you said, an international star to wish me happy birthday. And let's wrap this whole thing up nice in a bow, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a big build up to you know, I, I you know, I wanted you to get the good one last and 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 have the other people rip on you. So I'm sorry you've taken it, you know, so so poorly here. But uh, this one's gonna make up for it, buddy. All right. Okay, Brian. (laughs) Brian, what? You did just you just recorded that? Oh, that's all the way from from Moscow. Nikita Koloff wishing you a happy birthday in his native language. How did? (laughs) How are you upset about this? I went through the trouble of tracking down Nikita Koloff in Russia and having him record this for you. The Kremlin wishes me well, huh? <laughs> Vladimir Putin himself, buddy. All right. I've had enough, enough of this, Brian. Uh, thank you very little for getting together this thing that I commissioned you to get together. A joyous celebration that turned into a living nightmare uh, and a Russian nightmare, I might say. Um, <laughs> it's been no fun. It's been no fun. Thank you very much, Brian Malonis, for all that you did to make this a terrible day. Thank you. I bet you're wishing you had some cake right about now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know what I'm going to do after this. Jesus. Heading straight to uh, Carvel. Give me a nice ice cream cake. Ooh, fudgy the whale. (laughs) (laughs) Fudgy indeed. All right, Brian, let's move on to the promo about nothing. The year 1984. It is Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. So we're going to give Mike Mills a little something to talk about next week. (laughs) Maybe I'll leave another voicemail. So we have Johnny Weaver is the commentator, and he is standing by with the son of King Kong, Angelo Mosca. This is Angelo Mosca Jr. This week's promo about nothing. 
And right here with me, another family of wrestling, as Moskid, Angelo Moskid Jr. is here with us, and your father was out here, he's upset, and no wonder he should be, because uh, I know he d doesn't like to stick his nose in other people's business, but it, he had to make it his business. Uh, Jones and the Assassin are just running after rough shot over everybody. It's just not him, it's a lot of things going on here. There's this thing called Rules, a book that's written, something that people should go by. But here it seems that book's been put aside. Not just with Jody, uh, the, the man in the mask, and everyone. These men got to abide by rules. Ivan Koloff, I don't know what rule book you're going by. You say you're always thinking. Well, I don't know what you're thinking. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm thinking that belt because that, that belt, belt belongs to someone, that the people. Back. And Ivan, with the people, I hope we can get that belt back and abide by rules and stick with it. Yeah. Oh. Oh, very charismatic. Yeah. Well, before we even get to Angela Mosca Jr., how about the interview we hear? How about Johnny Weaver? <laughs> My goodness gracious. Johnny Weaver, huh? Sounds like sounds like a 1950s like TV show character. Well, he's a former wrestler himself who ended up becoming part of the commentary team of Mid-Atlantic. And I mean, a good interviewer can steer the ship, can help guide you to your destination. This thing just kind of veered into a retaining wall before <laughs> Angelo ever said a word. Kind of like your birthday wishes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back and listen to what Johnny Weaver had to say here. Another family of wrestling as Moskid, Angelo Moskid Jr. is here with us and your father was out here. He's upset and no wonder he should be because uh, I know he doesn't like to stick his nose in other people's business, but it, he had to make it his business. Uh, Jones and the assassin are just running after rough shot over everybody. It's just not him. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, this was worse than me during the MJF interview last week. <laughs> Let's, let's at least give Johnny Weaver some credit there. Come on. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on to Mr. Mosca Jr. He mentions the rule book. Where is this thing? Where is the rule book? You're a referee. You should know. Don't you have a copy of it? I've never been handed one. It must have been like a Southern thing. I don't know. So you've been doing this blindly for your entire career, just making shit up as you go along? Seemingly. <laughs> Seemingly. <laughs> <laughs> to the untrained eye <laughs> yeah so uh, Weaver talks about Paul Jones and the assassin and the assassin is of course Jody Hamilton and then Angela Mosca during the promo says this Jody uh, the man in the mask <laughs> <laughs> so he gives up the guy's identity <laughs> Jody uh <laughs> he could have just said Jody and then said oops and then just moved on but he identifies him as the man in the mask <laughs> so this is a just a complete disaster much like my birthday celebration just a complete disaster of a promo segment just revealing secret identities just stumbling and bumbling through introductions this is wow I mean unbelievable yeah, it was a disaster, Mike. Much like your birthday wishes, Johnny Weaver couldn't hold it together. Antonio, it was Antonio Mosca Jr. I don't even know if I've heard Antonio Mosca. Gotta be honest, Angelo Mosca. Angelo, sorry, I don't even know his damn name. 
Yeah, and you won't because he was very short-lived and this <laughs> promo is probably evidence of that. My God, you've heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode on the NAI Wrestling Network. All right, Kingpin, you are hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler. And we've been talking about it. We talked about it at the top of the show. You got dates. Yes, as Big Bacon alluded to, this Saturday night, November the 11th, I'll be heading to Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling Hadley, Massachusetts, I'll be in the main event, captaining the Kingpins, which is comprised of myself, Perry Von Vicious, and the Closers, taking on Johnny Idol's ragtag band of misfits of <laughs> Tomahawk and, uh, Jesus Christ, I don't even know, man. He's got, he's got a wow. bunch of losers over there who we're going to completely dismantle. And oh, by the way, at the end of it, if uh, my team wins or when my team wins, I become the Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. Really? What? So without doubt, Mike, I'll be on this podcast next week as the current reigning and defending Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. So I should write the intro now. It's in stone. Write it. Etch it in stone. It's going to happen. All right. (laughs) And then, Mike, the very next day, Sunday the 12th, I'll be heading to Beyond Wrestling in Somerville, Massachusetts. The Arts at the Armory. I don't know what I'm doing yet. Not announced, but I'll be in attendance. So go get your tickets on uh, beyondwrestlingonline.com. This event is pretty close to selling out. So, uh, you know, definitely be sure to get your tickets. Uh, And then, Mike, the 18th, Saturday night, the 18th, I return to Atlantic Pro Wrestling in Salisbury, Massachusetts. Find Atlantic Pro Wrestling on all social media outlets for ticket and full card information. And then on my birthday, November the 22nd. Oh, I'll be defending the UFO Heavyweight Championship against Bo Douglas. Find UFO Wrestling on uh, all social media to get ticket and full card information there. I hope you lose and you have a horrible birthday. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> two, two days later, the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, I'll be heading to Brockton, Massachusetts for Top Rope Promotions. Find Top Row Promotion on all social media outlets and brownpapertickets.com for ticket information. That rounds out a very busy close of the month for me, buddy. All right. BrianMalonis at Comcast.net again is that email address. Or you can DM at BrianMalonis on Twitter if you want to book the Kingpin on your upcoming event. Putting over podcasts. That is the Facebook group where all pro wrestling podcasters and podcast fans congregate and talk about wrestling talk. Putting over podcasts, just put that in the search bar on Facebook. You can add us and be a part of the growing community over there. Should I mention Booking the Territory with Mike Mills? Of course, my good friend Mike Mills. I love Southern wrestling. You do love Southern wrestling now. You're on board. You're on the train now with Mike Mills, Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. They do the Smoky Mountain Show on Sundays and Thursdays. They're talking about World Championship Wrestling, the old Saturday 605 show. My favorite. Yes. Yeah, it is. Begrudgingly, a good podcast. Make sure you check out MikeMills.Podbean.com and become a patron, I guess. Or maybe not. I don't know. Mike Mills doing great things. I'll give him that much on Booking the Territory. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast 
with Jason and Troy. They're doing the flagship show. It seems to be coming out on Thursdays now, sometimes Fridays. But check out the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed all week long for great content. Rundown Wrestling Podcast is what you want to search to find that. And, of course, our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, our friends Joe and Quinn talking about classic wrestling each and every week. They have a great format. And make sure you check out our vantage point. Look that up on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, all those places you can find our vantage point and subscribe a great podcast that both of us are big fans of. And of course, we hope you will continue to listen to the all new new age insiders wrestling network all week long for DC and doc talk rant with Ant, the shatter glass cast. And of course the new age insiders themselves all here on the NAI wrestling network. Subscribe today. All right, kink pan. Thank you very much for uh, what you put together. Great. You're well, you're welcome, Mike. You're welcome. Well yeah, deserved. Thanks. Nobody deserved it more than you. <laughs> we'll be back on Thursday with the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDA Radio. Just search WPAN on your favorite podcatcher to find us, or you go to BDARadio.com. You can see us there as well. Then join us here next Monday for the WPAN on the NAI Wrestling Network, episode number 82. Till then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.